Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, today I'm going to take on one of the sacred cows of our society, and that is work. One of the statements that's out there in almost every self-help book in the world is work is man's best friend. It gives you an identity. It gives you a place to be every day. It gives you an ability to earn income to support your, yourself and your family. So there's absolutely nothing bad about work that you can come up with if you look at it from the point of view of everything you've been taught your entire life. In fact, your entire life you've been taught that there's nothing more prideful than having a good job. You're going to go to school, you're going to get good grades so you can get into a good college, so you can get good grades at that college, so you can eventually get into a good job, so you can have a cubicle somewhere, so you can belong to some company, and you can brag about that company's results, even though those braggings and those results do nothing to put more money in your pocket and or to create financial freedom for yourself. So today I'm going to take this giant sacred cow on, and I'm going to hit it from two or three or four different angles. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe work is the basic starting point for everything, but it is the end-all be-all because there's no additional education. That would be like, wow, first through fifth grade, grade school is incredibly important for you. In fact, it's so important you should stay there for the rest of your life. In fact, if you could stay in grade school for the rest of your life, think how great you would be somewhere down the line. Could you imagine me? Six foot tall, 250 pound bodybuilder, has multi-millions of dollars in fifth grade. Could you imagine the power I could wield? I could be president of any group. I could run Congress and Senate. I could, I could dominate and manipulate everybody around me. All I'd have to do is just remain in fifth grade and be the big fish in a small pond. And that's what basically people do. As you get a job and you go to work and your job and your goal is to grow in the company and to become the big fish in this small little pond or even in a larger pond and eventually into a very large pond. But the bottom line is you're still a fish and fish school. They swim around together. They spend time together. And then they eventually eat each other. You know, there's, there's no way you can survive the fact that schooling does not produce you a life that is completely different and well above the expectations of the school. You are just like everybody else in the school. When the school turns left, your fear makes you turn left. That's for a protection mode. Right? That is the protection. Birds fly in flocks, fish swim in schools, because as they're going a direction and something fearful happens, the entire flock or the entire school changes directions radically and goes the other directions. Just like you and every one of your friends, relatives, and family members have money in the stock market. And when the stock market crashes, there's a knee jerk response. 
And when the stock market goes up, there's a knee-jerk response. And everything you've ever been taught, right, everything you've ever been taught is definitely going to be controlled and manipulated by what the school or the flock believes to be true. And what I'm here today to talk about is becoming an eagle. Eagles don't flock. Eagles live high, high, high in the cliffs, way above everybody else. And they live there because they don't flock. They are the dominant animal out there, right? So what I want you to do is I want you to today is to understand that I'm not saying that you shouldn't get a job. I'm saying a job is the starting point and that the job is not the end all be all. And the job has some negative consequences to it, which we all know are true. At some point in your life, if you continue on with your job, you realize you're going to get into a rut. You're going to get married and have a family. You're going to get stuck in a house. You're going to get into debt. You're going to have car and automobile bills, and you're going to have kids and raise kids, and they're going to take up all your time and the house and the kids and take up your job, take up all your time and driving to work and coming home from work. And you know what it's like. And all of a sudden, one day, You're living that life of quiet desperation. Or some of you, you're screaming, I can't stand this anymore. And you're not living a life of quiet desperation. You're living a life of total desperation, screaming, kicking, fighting desperation to where you get in a fight with your spouse and you end up getting a divorce and you see it over and over again. Then you got to fight over the kids. And I hear these stories every day over and over again. You don't know where you're at on your path. You maybe only have had some of the problems that occurred. Maybe you've been able to just mellow out and accept your plight. Some slaves accepted their plight as slaves. They didn't really fight back. And maybe you've come to that point in your life of quiet desperation. There's no fighting back. There's just existing. So those of you out there, that, that that's an offense to you mentally. If I tell you, you're just a slave going through the work every day. Think about going to jail. What do you do in jail? You get up at the same time every day. They feed you every day, probably pretty close to the same thing. You go to whatever your job is in the jail and you do that. You maybe get an hour for exercise. Then you go back to your cell and you do whatever you do in your cell. And then you go to bed, you get up and you do it all over again. And you do that for the rest of your life or for the five years or the 10 years or whatever it is, you're trapped, right? And you become a slave within this trapped environment. How is that any different than being forced to get up every single day at the same time, put on the clothes, the the uniform, the same striped uniform that you have to put on every day to go to work, just like a prisoner has to put on a striped uniform and go to work, drive through this just tremendous carnage of automobiles to get to work, hour maybe, get to work and then get on the grind and grind and grind and grind, only to have your boss come over and give you some kind of garbage. We're not fast enough. We're not good enough. We didn't meet last month's quota, or maybe we met last month's quota, which means we have to raise the quota. And so what life brings to you is this massive amount of stress, right? It brings to you the ability to eat up your entire life, suck it up, absorb it, take you out of the real world where the joy and the fun and the excitement is. Even if you were happily married, eventually it will wear away at your marriage, at your relationship with your kids and so forth. 
And so, again, you're wrapped up in work, 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 work. That's all there is. You know, it's the same thing. I'm, I've been with you three years. I need to earn more. I can't afford my, my family's costs are going up. Well, that's not my fault as an employer. The employer has no responsibility to take care of you. Where did you come up with that socialistic idea that from cradle to grave, somebody's going to take care of you? It just isn't true. Right now, I know the socialists want it to be true. I know that's why the people of the generation right now are voting that way. They want to be taken care of. And since companies have realized they can't do that, there's no more cradle-to-grave employment. There's not only not only there's not only no cradle-to-grave employment, there's no pensions. And so the bottom line is, is you come, you get a job, you work, and you're gone. It's the same thing I've been teaching and preaching for years. And then when somebody comes to me and says, well, I'm worth more now. I've been around longer. I'm worth more. I say, no, you're right. You are worth more. But this job isn't. This job has a pay grade, and that's what I'm going to pay you and or if you don't want to be there, the next person that does the job. And you say, well, you lose qualified people. Yes, but you have to keep your payroll real. And if you don't keep your payroll real, then you don't stay in business as a business person. So I'm not advocating for the business people. Don't get me wrong. That's not the argument I'm making. The argument I'm making is you should just know that. You should be smart enough to see that that's the way it really works. Now, if you ever owned your own business, you'd understand that. But you don't because you come from cradle-to-grave involvement. From the very beginning, I go to school, somebody takes care of my butt. I go to high school, somebody takes care of my butt. I go to college, somebody's taking care of my butt. And by the time I get out of college, I expect my boss to take care of my butt. It's no different. I've been taken care of since I was a kid. I expect to get taken care of now. Right. And then when I get old, what do you expect? I expect my kids to take care of me. Right. Somebody is going to take care of me throughout my entire life. That's the expectation. But what if they told you you couldn't? What if I told you the only way you're going to make more money in life is if you take a portion of what you earn, put it aside, invest it wisely so that every year as you invest more, you earn more. And you keep doing that every year and every year you will earn more and you will be in a higher and higher and higher income bracket because of your passive income. Your work will never get harder. Nothing will ever get more complicated in your life. You won't have to go from 40 hours a week to 60 to 80 hours a week to be able to get paid more money. You will just make more money. And at some point, you'll make more money on your passive income than you do on your earned income. And at that point, you're going to have to make a very big decision. And that big decision is, am I able and willing to stay at this standard of living right now and give up my job? Or do I want to keep my job and continue to grow my standard of living through my passive investments? But here's what you don't understand. Is that since the time that I've retired every year since then, I've made more money. And that's at 35 years of age. I've made more money every year. So you can imagine by the time I'm 63 from 30, whatever it was, 34, you realize it's a lot more money. In other words, it goes up a little bit every year for 30 years. That's a lot of money. And I'm not telling you that again to impress you or to impress, you know, in any way, shape or form. I'm trying to impress upon you that what you think to be true the day you quit your job as income stops growing is not true when you do what we do, which is build passive streams of income. You continue to build more passive streams of income every year and you continue to have more money every year. 
That's the way the deal really works. Now, why do we all believe, right? Why do we all believe that we have to work for a living? Well, it's ingrained to us as a child. Let's take a look at it. There's a thing called a belief system, cycle of life belief system that works like your beliefs lead to your desires, your desires lead to your actions, and your actions create results, and then those results either confirm or deny whatever you believe to be true. So in the beginning, your belief is, and I remember it, you know, I came when I was coming out, I was in college, and I went back to my dad, and I said, Dad, you know, I'm a junior, I'm really... I'm not seeing the value to this. I want to get out there and make my million bucks in the real world. I need to get out, and I'm going to quit. I thought my dad would be upset. Not at all. He said, that's fine, boy. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. I was kind of surprised by that statement. He said, but you know what that means, though? I said, what? He said, boy, that means it's time to go. you got to move out. you got to leave. See, it's not like it is today where kids live with their parents of 30, 35, 40 years of age, still living at home, raise their own kids there. No, back then, the second you got out of school, it was done. You had to go earn money. And I said, well, Dad, then how do, how do I take care of myself? He says, boy, this is America. You can do anything you want to do. I said, do you have a suggestion? He said, yeah, get a job. I thought for a second. I didn't like the idea. I said, Dad, do you have another suggestion? He goes, yeah, get one that pays. And so I had no choice. I had to go get a job. So my desire was a job. So my actions were to go apply for jobs, and the result was I got a job. And when I had a job, I went to work, and the result of that was I got a paycheck. And the paycheck itself ultimately is what ruined me. I remember the first time I saw it when I go, wow, this is how you make money. This is great. And at that point was the beginning of the rest of my life. Ah, The negative part of my life, I will say, the demise of my life, I might say, but the beginning of the rest of my life. We'll take a short break and talk about how I broke out of this cycle of abuse called work and employment. One thing it has meant for us, and we have to compliment you, you've given us our time back. And I say our time because we got married 33 years ago, and we got married in July. Do you know why? Well, that was before I met Lifestyles. I used to work for Ford Motor Company. And with Ford Motor Company, I was uh, in the automotive division. They have shut down during July, the first two weeks of July. So, so you had to wait for down. a shutdown to get married? Yes. Yes. He actually Whoa, changed. that's dedication there. <laughs> he made me change our wedding date. It was supposed to be June 15th, and I changed. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> so if I had been in lifestyle, I could have gotten married when I wanted to. <laughs> and the ring would have been bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Ready to get your time back like Vivian and Cornell? Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. 
Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today what we're doing is we are taking a shot at the job and as being a sacred cow, everybody believes it's a great thing and the world wants Overtime is God's gift to ignorant people that don't realize that God gave us one limited resource on this earth, and that's time. And so instead of working an eight-hour shift, you work a 16-hour shift because you can make more money. Why do you care you can make more money? Because you know no other way to make more money. So I picked up all the overtime hours I could make, and I was making a lot of money, but it also made my boss happy that I was willing to work that much, but he was getting tired of paying me overtime. So finally, one day, my boss promoted me. And I came home and I told my dad, I said, Dad, I just got promoted. I'm vice president of Georgia Orange Juice at the grocery store. My dad laughed at me. He said, you're an idiot. He said, look, people don't promote you for any reason other than to get more work out of you for less pay. I said, what? That doesn't make any sense at all. They promote me because I'm good and I work hard. Yes, you are good and you do work hard, but you're getting paid too much to do the job. Companies can't afford to pay more than what the job is worth. So they'd rather get rid of you and hire two other people and pay them no overtime. I said, why didn't they just fire me? Because they figured out they could put you in a management position. If you're dumb enough to not understand what management position means, it basically means this. We can work you 60 hours a week with no overtime if you're a manager trainee or a manager. And so now, Dell, they're going to work you double shifts, maybe even extra days a week. And you're going to get paid no additional income. I go, Dad, that can't be true. That can't even be legal. It is true. And it is legal. And so now your life has stepped into managerial hell. Now, everything that goes wrong is your fault. Everything that goes right is the employee's gain. They go, ooh, that's a great employee. Boom, the employee doesn't produce. Boy, you're terrible. You're terrible at hiring. You're terrible at training. You're terrible at everything. So now you eventually, as a managerial position, realize you're getting all the crap and none of the pay. And you'll eventually want to go back to doing the job. You go, man, just let me back to just doing the job. Don't make me responsible for all these other people. You know, it's just not worth it. I'd rather, and I actually, I got paid more because I got overtime, right? And so eventually people drop out of management that are smart. The ones that don't drop out are the ones that are dumb ones. Management is the worst place to be in an employment environment. Now, you just don't want to admit this. You don't want to agree to it. Some of you will because you're going through the hell of being a manager of some kind. And it's managerial, supervisory. It just, you know, the different terms they use shake these things up. I've never understood is a manager hiring a supervisor, a supervisor hiring a manager. In the company I came from, it was one way, but I've seen other companies where it's the other way around. And it's all for naught because it doesn't mean anything because you're no better off. Now, let's not even talk about the fact that now that you're busy, you're working more hours, you got more problems at home, more stress, you know, weirder hours and stuff. And so you start having problems in your relationships and your child raising. You don't have time to work out anymore. You can't eat healthy anymore. And the rest of your life is going to crap. We won't even get into all that. You're working more and getting paid less. Maybe even do give you a raise. Okay but it isn't worth what it's doing to your life. So what you don't understand is that all of this could be taken care of by having passive streams of income on the outside of your job. 
Whatever the struggle it is you're in your job doing, you have to do the struggle to get somewhere to earn the money. And if you are smart enough not to elevate your cost of living, which almost 99% of you are not, which means you elevate your cost of living as you elevate your paycheck, which means you're stuck, you're trapped, you can't get out. You're stuck there, right? But if you weren't and you could start building passive streams of income, at some point the passive streams would catch up and you would not be under the thumb. And that's what happened to me. Uh, I eventually got to that point to where I wasn't under the thumb. And I'll tell you that story in a minute. But first, I want to tell you the next thing that happened to me that I think happens to people. So I thought that the problem was my company. The company didn't respect me. The company didn't um, take care of me. They weren't a good company. Now, whenever I interview people for a job and they tell me this, that the company wasn't right for them, the company didn't treat them right, the company didn't you know, do the things they should have done as a company to take care of them, I call that bad boss disease. And bad boss disease is contagious. So if they thought the last company didn't take care of them, they're going to think you don't take care of them. So I don't hire people with bad boss disease. Bad boss disease means you've got a bad employee coming your way. Stay away from them. Guy came along and said, hey, I need a supervisor. I need somebody to come over and take over, you know, in charge of my entire city, take over all my health clubs in another city. This guy lived in one city, had health clubs in the other city. I'm not going to give you a whole lot of detail because the guy's still around and the guy is a bit of a freak. And uh, the guy was pretty well known, so I'm not going to drop his name. and I'm not going to give you enough details to figure it out. But the story was that he said he needed somebody to go out there and run his health clubs for him. So I ran out there and took some people with me. And... Um, when I got out there, I saw what the problem was with these health clubs is that uh, each health club had a girl in it that was a drug addict. Um, they would stay up all night long and party. They'd come in late. They didn't really care. They'd go out and have a, you know, whatever at lunch and blah, blah, blah. It was very easy to see where the problem was. So I fired all those people, put in, you know, decent employees, and we tripled the sales in almost no time at all. Well, I got a call from the guy. He said, look, I'm coming into town. Uh, we've got to talk. And so the guy flew into town, and he didn't ask me to pick him up. He asked these girls. What I found out was these girls lived together in a condo that he owned. And it was kind of a party condo, and I have no idea what the story is. I'm not going to, you know, predict because, you know, I don't have any f- proof. But the bottom line was the guy was a married guy. He'd fly into town and stay in the condo with these girls, right? And these girls were party girls. So you, you put two and two together and go to seven or one or wherever you want to go with it. But the bottom line was is that the guy came to me and said, look, here's the problem. You can't fire all my girls. You know, these employees are trusted employees for years with me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, they're, they're, they're potheads. They're, no, actually, it was, I think they were more like way higher than that. Cokeheads is, I think, what it was, if I remember right. But that's 10 years, 15, 20 years ago. I don't remember. Uh, but, yeah, actually 30 years ago, now that I think about it, 30, 35. So, you know, they had some kind of drug drug addiction, drug addict situation. And I said, you can't hire those people back. They can't do this job. And he goes, look, you don't understand. These people, my employees, blah, 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 whatever whatever his excuse was, you got to hire them back. And I refused to hire them back. So that was it. That story was over. I then realized this important fact about life is that employers don't run their businesses for the benefit of the business. Employers run their benefit, run their businesses for the benefit of themselves. And if you look at all this political stuff right now, all this illegal campaign stuff, all this illegal uh, jobs that are given out by all these people that are running, you know, these things both politically, nationally, internationally, locally, and then you look at all the sex stuff that goes with it, and all this stuff that gets keep throwing up, then you understand 
where business and how business is actually run in many, many cases. It's not to benefit the company's bottom line. It's to benefit the bottom line and or the uh, desires of the people at the top of the company. And I mean, that's as big as the guys in the national news media companies and all the way down the line to some small mom-and-pop business person. The bottom line is... You hook your wagon at star. You think that the problem was your old company. You find out the new company's even worse. And now you're psychologically devastated for life because now you realize it's not a company. It's the entire process of working for somebody else. And now you have to think about, should I do something on my own? And then you can decide, what can I do? And you're going to start looking for things. And you're going to go out there and look at multi-level marketing. You're going to go out there and look at franchises. You're going to look at all kinds of different things. Just day trading. There, there's a thousand different tricks out there. Or you might try to go out there and in real estate invest on your own, get your butt kicked. Taxes, tennis, toilet, trouble, problems, debt, lose your money. All these things, they're, 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 they're not solving your problem. They're not where you need to be. You haven't got the solution yet. And yet you'll try them. And many, many people, like I've had an individual on the other day, and he, he was uh, had bought a franchise. And he was, was running this franchise for multiple years. And what he realized is that the franchise is a turnkey business. What that means is if you're not there to turn the key each day, there is no business. And that he was working more hours owning his own business and he had to pay to buy this business can you imagine that you go to your boss and your boss says look it's going to cost you two hundred thousand dollars this job you used to have used to cost you as a salesman you know nothing to get into we hire you and then we pay you right now instead what we want is you give us two hundred fifty thousand dollars and you buy the right to start selling our product and then you give us a portion of everything you sell and uh, so we make money right up front. You are buying yourself a job. And because you need to make ends meet, you work harder. You work twice as long. And almost everybody I run into that owns a franchise, eventually, if they can see even at all, wake up and go, boy, this just isn't that good. Um, I know a person, my next door neighbor, in fact, uh, owns donut shops all over the country. Uh, all over the city. She owns tons of donut shops. I won't say which ones, but um, franchises. And she, she's owned these for years and whatever. And made a lot of money with them because she owns a lot of them. And, uh, but, you know, this lady you know, tells her story. She gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning. She's like 65, 70 years old. And she gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning. She's got to make sure there's donuts being made in all these stores all over town. So she's up at three in the morning. She works and works and works and works and works. And after a couple of months or years of living around me and talking to my wife, she gets this idea out of nowhere. Obviously, it didn't come from me because anybody successful in business is never going to get your idea from your next door neighbor. But out of nowhere, she said, you know what? I think I should own some real estate. Now, one of her franchisees actually is a member of mine. And so she decides to go out and do real estate. And what does she do? She does it wrong. From the very beginning, she does it wrong. But you know what? Even done wrong, she still loves it. She enjoys it because she's earning money from something she doesn't have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and take care of. And she could have done a lot more, made a lot more money, done it a lot easier if she would have listened to me. But again, those people out there that are successful believe they have the Midas touch, that everything they touch is going to turn to gold. And of course, so she didn't. But 
luckily for her, she's still semi-happy with her investments. She's happy with her investments because she doesn't understand how much better she could be doing if she would have done it the right way. But here to speak is, here's a person with massive franchise success, makes lots of money, very successful financially, yet still is working like a dog in her late 60s, early 70s, whatever she is. And that just isn't right, guys. That just isn't right. Are you going to wake up when you're 65, 70 years old and realize you've got it all wrong? Isn't that a little late? At 34 years of age, after two and a half years of investing in real estate, I was able to replace my my earned income with passive income. And from that point on, I never had a get up at five o'clock in the morning, go to work, get up at six, get up at seven o'clock in the morning, go to work job for the rest of my life. I right now drive myself hard to get up by nine, maybe 10 o'clock on the mornings that I do the radio shows at 11 to make sure that I've got something to say. I've got, you know, some kind of a story that is worth your time to listen to. (sighs) You know, five, no, six, no, seven, no, eight, no, nine, maybe. You know, you just got to see it for what it is. You have a job. I do it three days a week. And uh, if I don't show up, somebody else does it for me. Wow. I own seven companies. I used to own 11. I got rid of a bunch of them. And uh, I made more money every year since I retired to now. Every year I make more money than I did the year before, or relatively. I mean, you know, there's curves. Some years I make massive money. And that's doesn't, it averages in better, but it's, you know, it's so much more. The next year you don't make more. But the, the reality is this, without getting into all the details, the bottom line is we don't do this for just money. We're doing this for a quality of lifestyle. It's a quality of lifestyle you can't imagine until you no longer have to get up every day and go to work. And at the same time, you're not fearful of not having enough income to live comfortably the rest of your life. When you know you have enough money to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with whomever you want, then you retire. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Momsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Momsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.